All right. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to this week's episode of Dementia in Black and White. I am your host, Matthew Johnson. And today is really a part two. Uh, We're going to continue a conversation we had last week with Dr. Epps, who was sharing some wonderful information with us about the ALTER program. Well, as it turns out, there are other programs that Dr. Epps is involved in. And we didn't have enough time to cover that last week. So we are going to continue that dialogue this week. Learn some more. That's what this platform is about. It's about sharing information, doing some research and bringing that to you here to help increase your awareness and understanding of this issue and help us as caregivers caring for someone with dementia. So that's what we're doing this week. If you want to find out more information in terms of biographical information about Dr. Epps, I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode so that we don't have to repeat that information this week. Sit back, relax, enjoy this week's episode of Dementia in Black and White. All right. All right. So as we get it started today, we are with our guest from last week, Dr. Fayron Epps, who is an assistant professor at Emory University, who has more degrees than a thermometer. But you can certainly Google her and find out uh, more information about her. We um, had some information last week in the podcast that you can listen to, of course. But this week, we want to talk about a couple of other programs that can really help you. If you are a caregiver and you are caring for someone with dementia, an online worship service so that if you are kind of shut in. And I know with the pandemic, a lot of folks are not able to get out. And depending on which stage your loved one is in, it just might be so much of a challenge to get out and go to a worship service these days. So uh, Dr. Epps has a program regarding that. And then another program, which the title alone is interesting enough to talk about on this podcast, Caregiving While Black. So let's welcome her again this week, Dr. Epps. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much, Matt. It is a pleasure to come back and uh, chop it up with you. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and all the listeners. So all right. All right. Yes. And thank you for taking the time. So let's first talk about this online worship. What is that about and how can that be helpful to someone who has dementia? So that came about when um, I was working in the community and I realized that there were so many families that had stopped going to church or didn't feel comfortable returning to church. And so I had worked before the pandemic, I had worked with three churches to help them modify worship services. Mm. And um, it was funded through the Alzheimer's Association. And I would follow these families to church to see if it, it works, if it was it was good. And, um, and and that was good. I was able to get five families in before the pandemic. But once the pandemic hit, we all was just pause. And then I thought about my families like, oh, my goodness, because that was so important for them, especially our older adults with dementia. They were they're very religious. That's a, that was a big part of their uh, rearing coming up. Right. It was always being in church. 
probably six, seven days a week. Mm. And so for that not to be there for them, for them not to be able to connect spiritually, um, I was like, we have to do something. And so I contacted the association and I asked them, can I change? Can I pivot? Can I work with some of my senior leaders that have already been through my training to come up with some type of online worship? You know, all the churches were going online, but I would go in and some of the 45 minutes, I mean, it was just, it was still a lot, especially for somebody with dementia and to be online. So we worked it out where we developed six to 10 minute online worship services. They followed a certain format, get everything what you need. And it's beneficial. I, I'm saying that it's beneficial for not only that person living with dementia, but also for the caregiver. Because so busy and I've had so many caregivers. I didn't even know I had this. I needed to stop for 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes to get your spirit fed. 10 minutes for the person living with dementia to also get their spirit fed for them to connect. You know, Matt, it's been so powerful because we bring in, we, we meet through Zoom. These services are at times that are convenient for the family. So they okay. don't have to be on Sundays. They don't have to be on certain. It's what works for that family. Okay. And my team will meet with them through Zoom and um, we bring, we stream in the service and the observations, what we see through observations, it's just, it brings tears to my eyes to see the person living with dementia starting to cry and then the caregiver crying because they hadn't had this time to worship together. To have a daughter tell me, I never went to church with my dad. And this was an amazing experience to be able to share this with him. Wow. Um, seeing those things and for the caregiver say, I'm going to do it for you, Faye Ryan. I'm going to do it for you, Dr. Apps. But my husband not going to do anything because he don't pay it. You know, he don't pay attention. He don't get pay me no attention. <laughs> <laughs> and so to see them, the worship service and then see the head up and then to see some mumbling or nodding, not only, I mean, that's mean it's helping that person, but the, for the caregiver to actually see their their person that they're caring for in that moment, to hear them mumbling Bible verses. Yes, knowing one that they're kid, connecting now and they're, they're responding. Connecting. Yes, one kid, she said, I didn't even know my mom still knew that. Mm. And so it's been beneficial in those ways. And so I am really hoping to recruit more families. It is for African-American families. Um, the worship service are, are Christian. The bishop is non-denominational, but I will say he was raised Baptist. Okay. So you already know what kind of service that <laughs> might be. Right. But, you know, um, I share sample services. They can visit, visit, uh, visit my YouTube channel, Faith Village Connections, um, and they can see some sample services there if they're interested. They can contact me if they do not have access to a computer, a laptop or Internet. I've also received additional monies to be able to provide that for families to provide them with an iPad and Internet access for several months. So even beyond the study so they can still stay connected and hopefully connect with other opportunities online. Wow. Social engagement. Fantastic. Yes. And I know from caring for my mother that the attention span can sometimes be a little short for someone with dementia. So trying to sit through an hour or two hour long service 
can be a challenge just in and of itself. And so six to 10 minutes sounds pretty good. Now, what about the time commitment? So I know we talked uh, about this already and you mentioned a, it's like a six week program. Can you talk about that and what the expectation would be for the caregiver? Yes, um, it is. We ask them to watch uh, six weekly worship services that are six to 10 minutes long. Um, but um, for the caregiver, we will do is two interviews. So before you start the services, we ask that you give us 30 minutes of your time and we can go through some questions because this is a research study. Um, and so because we want to see how this really impacts your well-being and also maybe the behaviors of the person living with dementia you're providing care for. And then after the six weeks, within the next week, we'll ask you to give us 30 minutes again for your for your time. And we'll ask the same set of questions. And each time we do that, we provide a $25 gift card. Um, And then you have an opportunity to um, meet with me again at the end, because there's some things that may not come up on the survey or we may not have seen through Zoom. And you want to really tell me, like, Feyron, this service is awesome. Or Feyron, this is, you need to change this, you know, and really want to talk it through with me. And we can have that interview. And again, we also give a gift card for that. So I say it's a total of, I would say about eight, eight and a half weeks. But again, it's, it's on your schedule. Okay. All right. Fantastic. That is good. And so how long has that program been in existence? We started last fall. And so we will be running this program until February. Okay. So if anyone is interested, y'all just please give me a call at 678-723-8150. Again, 678-723-8188. And you'll, that's the number to our Faith Village Research Lab. So all of my research is under um, Faith Villages because I really think um, uh, faith is really important as we go through this journey. And it takes a village. So what a good and combination. It, it takes- Thank you. You finished it from Andy Takes a Village. So just giving you a little background to the Faith Village, but Research Lab. So I would really appreciate if anyone's interested and just want to know more, just feel free to give us a give us a call or you can always email us at faithvillage at emory.edu to learn more about the online um, worship services. All right, folks. So you heard it here. Please go out and do that. Do it now. Don't wait because the program is going to be ending uh, just the six months or so. So absolutely. Thank you for that. And Faith Villages is the YouTube channel as well, if you want to see a sample of some of those uh, services. So let's talk about this other program. And I think this is a newer one. Caregiving mm-hmm. While Black. What is that about? Yeah. So I, during the pandemic, I had time to attend, Matt, so many uh, webinars and education programs. And, you know, I would listen on and I'll hear caregivers and their feedback. And I was like, mm, I don't relate. My families don't relate to that. And then uh, the Alzheimer's Association had put on one particular that was just for African-American caregivers. And they sent me the, um, I listened to it over and over again, looked at the transcript and I seen the things that they were talking about. And I was like, this is not addressed. So many education programs out there are surface level. 
Mm. And they focus on, yes, how to manage daily life for the person living with dementia, overall, how to take care of yourself, but they not addressing the day-to-day life of Black individuals, Black caregivers. And the more I talk with my families, I hear there's like the example in that program was fine, but we're, I'm not worried about taking my loved one to some fine dining restaurant. It's like $200 a plate. No, that's not where I'm trying to get, bring them. I'm just trying to get them to the grocery store or I'm just trying, you know, our examples are a little bit different what we're trying to do. And so that's when I got with my colleagues, Matt, and I was like, we have to do something. You know, I'm part of all these other education programs and, but that's not what my people we go through that but we also go through something else that is we're not addressing and especially when we're trying to navigate the health system when we're trying to seek care so not only us just every day but we're trying to seek care and some of the racial discrimination that has been brought up we're getting that and you want to know why we're not getting diagnosed early you know there's so many factors that we always come late to the party but It may be because the way we're interacting. And so, like I told you before, I cannot change the health system and change some systems that are out there. I cannot do that alone. But I feel that I can bring my my people together to help empower the end. We call it the end user, but the caregiver who is interacting with these systems, who is trying to provide care, empower them with the tools that they need. So now they already know when they engage in the health, when they go in with their provider, what to ask for, what not to accept, what responses not to accept, you know, like that's not acceptable. I know you can do this. And so that's the whole part of that is for us to address that. And I'm not saying that racial discrimination, every caregiver is faced with that, but sometimes it's not out there. Right. right. It's really, really subtle. Um, and then I've also noticed I spoke to someone in Maryland this morning and she was saying that a lot of her black caregivers, they don't they say they don't experience racial discrimination. But a lot of their providers are look like them as well. Mm. Mm. So it might not happen. So I recognize I do recognize that. And that's in this course. I just want to make sure we talk about those certain things. Um, and give caregivers the tool. Even when we talk about managing daily life, we acknowledge the stressors yes. that us being as black individuals, what we go through, just walking down the street yeah. with our father that may be six three and two hundred and twenty pounds. Because right. dementia, you can't look at someone and say they have dementia. Correct. That's not work. And, you know, um, that's my goal is to be able to give the caregivers that too. So that's funded by the Retirement Research Foundation for Aging. Um, and so I'm, I'm very excited that gave me this opportunity along with my colleagues for us to develop this course. We're looking for caregivers to help us inform it. You know, so we have a framework. But I don't want to make it up. I want to hear from caregivers to say, I need this in this course. All right. Or if they 
you know, Dr. Epps, I think this course looks good. You can go live with it. So I am looking for caregivers. And once we go live, we are looking for caregivers to participate in a course. It will be online, Matt, um, and it's self-paced. Okay. So, you know, we would give over eight weeks to do so many modules. Don't ask me how many modules yet, because we're right in the middle of trying to work that out. Uh, And so, but they have a total of eight weeks to do this. And and again, it'll be set up where we'll do a pre-test beforehand and a post-test afterwards, just to see if um, you're more knowledgeable. Um, We also will be assessing for medical discrimination, just your history of that. Mm-hmm. And and then we'll do a follow up after that. Fantastic! So this is good. So right now you are really still in the stage of putting this together, seeking input from those who are on the ground and being caregivers. So uh, those of you who are in that position, I certainly want you to think about this because there's just not a lot of information out there. That's one of the things that I found as I was beginning this journey myself. I went out YouTube and podcast and all the different places to find information. And there just wasn't a lot that was directed at the African-American community. And so this sounds like this could be something organic, something that you can have a hand in developing to share some of your experience and knowledge and um, gain information. This is really what this is about. Information is power. And for those of you who uh, are not in the African-American community and have problems, perhaps understanding why this would be important for someone who is African-American. I just want to share a story with you. I uh, lived in D.C. or the D.C. area uh, years ago. And I remember after church going to an IHOP. And in this IHOP, it was all the patrons and the service staff were all African-American. And over the PA system, they were playing gospel music. And it was so unique. I'd never been to a restaurant that was that way or certainly an IHOP um, hearing Kirk Franklin playing over the loudspeaker, you know. And so I at that moment just kind of looked around and had an aha moment that, wow, this is what it's like probably to be white in America where you just kind of go around and everything is kind of catered to you. The things that you are interested in, they're playing in the background. And so. If I had that every day, I probably wouldn't notice that there would be any difference or any benefit for something else that would just be life as far as I know it. So that's what this is about. This is just helping to understand that sometimes we need to be culturally sensitive to the approach. And when we're talking about medicine and the healthcare field, of course, there is a history in the healthcare field that it has not been kind to African-Americans. And uh, there's so, so many different examples. I won't do a history lesson here, but certainly any level of research you can find out that even Serena Williams, a professional tennis player who uh, you would think has access and does have access to the best quality health care, even as she was um, with child having her baby, she had to 
advocate for herself because the doctors were like, yeah, you'll be okay. We don't need to take you through these extra exams about blood clotting or whatever her issue was. And the fact that she knew what to say, she knew what to do. She was armed with the proper information. She could get the proper treatment that she needed from the healthcare facility. So that's really what this is about. Arming you with information, training you up so that you can be the best caregiver uh, for your loved one. So if they're interested, how can they reach out Dr. Epps to become a part? And then of course, later on to actually take the training or be involved in the eight week course. Yes. So again, it's the same number. Um, I just want to say, Matt, thank you for sharing that story because that's, yes, that's what it's all about. Um, but they can reach the, reach me through the same number, 678-723-8188. And also emailing us at faithvillage at emory.edu and just putting interested in caregiving while Black. Um, but Matt, I appreciate you sharing that story because I am, I'm not going to say attack, but I do receive, I'm on social media a lot with the programs that we're doing. And I do receive comments that why just, why just Black? Why don't you do all? Because this affects all. And I, and, you know, I, I get that. I really do. And I do have programs that's for all, but it is time. I have an advisory board and it's time for us to create something for us by us. Right. And it's time. There's so many things that the overall population do not have to go through. And, and, and it's just, it's time, you know, and I, I stand up and, and I'm like, this is what I'm doing. I'm not, I am helping my community. You like it or you don't, I don't care, <laughs> you know, and, and you can maybe you can look at some of the stuff that we're doing. And if you want to model it and do it in your, that is perfectly fine. But I want to be one of those, those with others that say, I know we need to change some things in our community, you know, and I want to be part of that and be part of that change so we can have a difference in outcomes, especially in our in our health outcomes. So I again, I thank you for sharing that. And I've got a lot of Black health professionals that I've reached out to that are on board to be part of this course. So not only, guys, will it be written stuff, we're going to embed videos from Black professionals across the country to speak on some of these topics as well. So they can be giving their own personal stories. And so again, you're going to be hearing it from the a Black geriatrician, a Black psychologist, a Black social worker. And, and they're going to keep it real because that's the only way you can work with me. If you keep it real, we're not going to sugarcoat anything. We, we want to keep it real so we can be able to, to relate and it's going to be practical. So now I can take this information. I don't have to wait on anything else. And now I know what to go do with it. Yeah. And for the participant, they can just be comfortable and not have any, you know, notions about how am I going to be received? How is this question going to be received? Because you with your people. And so learning together, that's a benefit again that, you know, you don't think about often. Uh, with the black tax that we experience uh, in this society. But 
Yeah, I, I'm with you. And, I, you know, the fact that you put it out there, it's going to be, you know, of course, people will be able to learn from it. And that's not a problem. But there has to be a target because the history of discrimination and racism was targeted. So we can't have a solution that's just widespread and for everybody when that initial harm was targeted. We need to target some of the resolution as well. So, all right. Anything else to share, Dr. F? This has been another good one. We got some good information, the online worship program, the caregiving while black program, anything else going on in your world. And this is not going to be the end. I can tell already we are going to have other conversations in the future if it's about whatever's going on with this. But just where your journey is, I can tell that our paths are going to continue to be aligned as uh, we progress further. So I'm sure I'll have you back for something, but just in closing out this episode, anything else you want to share? Um, No, not really. I just appreciate um, you having me on and for the listeners that's out there, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, You know, even if you connect with Matt, that's fine. He can put you in touch with me, but you know, my goal is really here to serve others that that's what I'm here for. And however I can do that. I, I don't want anyone to feel so many people may be intimidated because Matt said she got more degrees than a thermometer. (laughs) (laughs) Please disregard that, you know, because I really, I am here to help. And that is the biggest thing, people reaching out to me. And then I might not have the solution, but I may know someone that can, that can help. And that's what it's about. If we don't speak up, you know, I, I did a piece a few months ago about breaking the silence. If we don't speak up, we will never get help. And so it's not for us to be ashamed, y'all. It's not for us to be embarrassed or people going to look at us. No, no, no. All right. Because this impacts us heavily and they might not be saying it themselves, but they may be dealing with it as well. But yeah, I just want to encourage us all to speak up, to seek out help. You know, don't tell me like one of my friends said, um, I know this is what you do, but let me get my stuff together first and then I'm going to contact you. Once you get it, what you need me, you know, <laughs> what you need me for. So don't do that. I'm here to help you. Me and my colleagues, my team, we're here to help you. And, you know, you tell me what you need. If I don't have it, I'll try. I'll, I'll come up with a program. <laughs> so that's what I want to say. But please, let's break the silence. If we can end on that, let's break the silence. Let's be okay with talking about this and seeking out help. Absolutely. Yes. Again, information is power. And if we can start to have the conversation, the conversation gets easier and easier the more we talk about it. So absolutely correct. Well, Dr. Epps, this has been wonderful. Thank you again. And for those of you who are hearing this as the first episode with Dr. Epps, make sure you go back and hear the other one to learn about some of the other work that Dr. Epps is doing and how it can be impactful for you. That one had to deal with the altar program and having churches become more dementia friendly and more aware. And so it's just uh, wonderful to have you. And I know again, that we will be back in touch again at some point. So thank you. This has been another episode of dementia in black and white. Thank you for tuning in. For those of you who are caregivers, absolutely. It is important that you take care of your loved one, but please 
take care of yourself, both mental and physical. Because if you're not there, imagine who is going to step up and do the work that you're doing. So take care of yourself as a caregiver. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm out.